on this episode of Why Watch That. I was perfectly fine watching this sucker on my TV, though. Thank you. Well, um, you are fine with that and everything, so it doesn't <laughs> I, I don't know how much weight that has. But she comes to understand that Eddie may not be the Eddie that she thought Eddie was. Oh, oh Eddie, 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 Somebody Eddie, Somebody save Eddie. all of us. Doggone it. <laughs> Go and watch Queen of Cotway. We keep screaming. <laughs> watch it. The Union. Oh. In more ways than one. Mm. That we've all been waiting for. But wait, 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 wait. It's an entanglement. <laughs> this is like the greatest hits of the ref in one episode i have never heard such alliterative and dramatic and descriptive words in such succinct fashion why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and tv shows hollywood has to offer Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why I Watch, Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh-oh. in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk, and some real good food too. Mm-hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. A why watch that sneak peek? We have two one, two, one second. Movie sneak peeks in a TV sneak peek. Coming at you, coming at you hard. Coming in strong. Now, this is something that we have to always say ahead of time. When we're sneaking around, we're sneaking for your benefit. So we'll we'll let you know if this is something that we're recommending or if it's something we personally don't recommend, but Perhaps if you like this, you'll like that. Let's start with I'm Your Woman. No, I'm not your woman, Critic, but I'm Your Woman is the name of the title. (laughs) If I were your woman. Yes, or I'm Every Woman, you know, all of those things. This is coming to us on Amazon Prime on December 11th. Everybody has access to that if you have Amazon Prime. However, on December 4th, it's coming at you in some select theaters. Now, Again, you know why they do that. They do that because they smell and sniff an opportunity Mm -hmm. for the awards season. And the only way you can get uh, an award currently, I have a feeling it's going to change though, Critic. It should. I have, especially under these circumstances. But the only way you can get nominated is if you have some form of a theatrical release. Wake up. Well, they are now. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Well, yes. Yeah, they are. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm your woman. Now you got a chance to see this at AFI Film Festival this year, and you gave us a sniffle of <laughs> of a little bit of how you felt about it and your reaction. Now this is a thorough review. It comes to us from Julia Hart. Not only did she direct it, but she also wrote it along with Jordan Horowitz, who is very familiar to us. Jo- yes. Jordan Horowitz is definitely someone who's kicked out some hits. Yeah. Namely La La Land and, you know, the kids are all right. And, uh, I mean, on right. and on. Yeah, on mm-hmm. and on and on. He's he's done some hits as producer. And it has a cast, very familiar cast. In fact, a very familiar cast to Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. uh, Rachel Brosnahan is starring, yes, Mrs. Maisel herself. And your girl, Marsha, Marsha Stephanie Blake, mm. who really turned our heads in a couple <laughs> of performances. Yeah. And I'll let you talk about that. I mean, she bore all, shall we say. Yes. Uh, in a couple of, you know, things. Yeah. Uh, Frankie Faison, Uh-oh. who, you know, I get a joy out of saying his name for personal <laughs> reasons. And plus, he's a legend. I mean, come on. Coming uh, to America. Coming to, come to America. Everything. Everything. When Frankie Faison shows up, you know you're going to get what you paid for. Thank it's you. in the blood. It's in the blood. I it just have to, to say be. that. It is. Just know that. <laughs> Note that. Okay. Um, and along with other people who, you know, we've seen on and off and you'll go through those folks. This is something that honestly, let's see if things shift and change. You usually don't change your mind, but when you saw it, it was sort of a yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, we always have to ask this question always. And I will always do that. It's my job. Are we venturing out? You mm-hmm. know, I, we know you're not, but are we, are we telling our <laughs> listeners, Hey, you know, Really take a shot if you have if you're gonna venture out, do this. Um, or are we staying at home for this? Because quite yeah. frankly, it's just what a week between those two releases. Mm-hmm. Can we wait? Mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what you have to say. Yeah, I'll start right there. I think if you are a cinephile and you're interested, well, you can go to the theater if you feel safe doing so. Um, because it's a period piece, you'll get those kind of textures on screen. I was perfectly fine watching this sucker on my TV, though. Thank you. Well, um, you are fine with that and everything. So it doesn't, <laughs> I, I don't know how much weight that has. Well, the only <laughs> one I, I will say, the only one I will say is, what was the Quran movie on Netflix? The one that made the splash. The Quran movie. Yeah, the, in black and white, which was uh, like autobiographical for him. I forgot the name. Um, saw it at the New York Film Festival. Oh, I that don't know one. what you're talking about. Now yeah. we'll, we'll get to it. But I, Yeah, we'll get to it. But that one, I would say if, you know, if it were now and that came out, I would say go to the theater. Just oh. because of the sound design, the way the camera moved, all of that. That's a little different. Roma. 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 Oh, gosh. Okay. Not this year. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. I was really raking my brain. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what you are talking about yeah. maybe did you even do the new york okay got it <laughs> yeah no got not it. this year so it would have to be that kind of movie for me to say something oh, cinematic like a, a like a christopher noland uh his war movie something you want to see and it's got your uh, 1917 sam yes. Mendes. something you just really want to experience i get it okay that makes sense exactly. something very theatrical exactly and we know that right now all of the studios are pulling those movies back they are yeah 
makes sense. Um, so with that said, for the Marsha Stephanie Blake question, Marsha Stephanie Blake, I first saw her actually, well, I first noticed her in um, that little Netflix show that could Orange is the New Black. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I've not seen one episode of that and it's something. Mm-hmm. So that's when I first was like, who is this? And then Loose, <laughs> like you were talking about. Hey, whoa. Now that's worth watching it for her performance. And she was Octavia it, Spencer's sister. Yeah. Ooh. She okay. had problems, didn't she? She had problems. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. She wrote the book on problems. <laughs> uh, she was also in When They See Us and so on. So love her. Love the cast. Let's talk about the movie now. Yeah. We have a housewife, Jean, played by Rachel. Um, and she seems to be fine. Got a husband, takes care of her. Husband's name is Eddie, played by Bill Heck. But she comes to understand that Eddie may not be the Eddie that she thought Eddie was. Oh, no. oh Eddie, 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 Somebody Eddie, Eddie. save all of us. Now she, she has wanted to be a mother. She becomes a mother, I'm gonna tell you that. But how? I'll tell you this, the movie stars, she didn't got no baby. She ends up with one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Eddie is a thief. Oh. This is what she finds out. And he is in hot water. So much hot water, he goes disappearing and she needs to go disappearing with the baby. Okay? So they're not together, but he does send some people to help her along the way. Okay. And uh, one of these people is Terry, played by Marsha Stephanie Blake. Now, Terry has a son and Terry has a father, played by Frankie Faison. So they come in and try to help her on this journey. This is a dangerous journey. Now, by the way, before she even meets them, people are trying to possibly kill her. No. Now, there is someone before she meets them who was sent by her husband to help her, Cal, played by Arinze Kenny. And he's connected to Marsha Stephanie Blake's character. I won't tell you how. You'll find out when you watch. So, okay, the real question is, whose woman is she? It says, I'm your woman. Okay, whose? What does that mean? And if you are this person's woman, will you end up dead in the end? Now, this is really a descent of a woman who's clued us into a criminal world. So the question is, how does this even work? Well, in the first half of this movie, the scenes di- just didn't come together for me, Ref. It was disconnected. No momentum. It didn't really build. It wasn't bad. I was just like, okay, that's a scene, and that's a scene, that's a scene. Then the second half comes. That's when we get to Marsha and Frankie and Marsha's son in tow. They ground this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it gives Rachel's character and performance much needed structure because her character is the opposite of grounded. Okay, flitting all over the place, not knowing where to go. Right. And it works. Also, that baby in the second half is less of that crying baby. Oh, my goodness. You'll see when you watch it. Crying baby. Oh, boy. Now, overall, though, I was kept at a distance. I was never drawn in. Aesthetically, I thought it was very successful. I think overall, Ref, this is a stay-at-home prime video viewing. I think if you watch it that way, you know, you're there. If you're, you know, with someone else who's of age, you'll watch it. You'll be entertained enough by it. Uh, the crime drama thing, it is that. Is it the best of crime dramas? No, I mean, crime dramas, it's hard to be the best of anyway. 
Yeah. Um, it's a lot of competition. It will have moments though when you might jump up. So it will have those kinds of moments. So I think overall, I would say if crime dramas are your thing, it's on Prime Video. I would recommend it. I recommend it lightly though. You're gonna watch it and you'll probably forget it the next day. It's that kind of thing. Well, there you go. Let's move on to TV though. So we don't have to venture out at all. We can stay in our homes. You got a chance to see a suitable boy mm. that's coming to us via, really? Mm-hmm. Acorn TV? Do we have Acorn TV? Who has Acorn TV? I'm so sorry. Anglophiles do. Okay, well, BBC Studios produced it. You would think it would be on BBC America. No, it's on Acorn TV. Okay. Okay. Um, That'll be coming to us, premiering on the 7th of December. That's a great day, by the way. I'm just saying you you need to recognize that. Uh, It's based on um, Vikram Seth's book and Andrew Davies, who I've had a personal connection with. And funny enough, I can't go into why, uh, wrote, you know, all six episodes. Mm -hmm. Now, Mira Nar directed five episodes. Why do we love Mira Nar? Because she brings us Queen of (laughs) Katwe. We keep saying over and well, okay, yes, she did. You know, Mississippi. uh, What was that? Masala, Uh, Mississippi Masala, and you know, she's done some other extreme hits. Mm -hmm. But I have to. We have to keep going. I will still. Let's. It is a mission. Plugging away. If you have Disney Plus, doggone it, go and watch. Queen of Katway. We keep screaming. <laughs> Watch it. Especially now with the holidays coming. Yes. You have the kiddos at home and you don't want to watch yes! another CGI movie. Yes. It's a yeah. family movie. It's for everyone. If you want to be woke, uh, you say you're woke. Woke wake for real. Up, wake up and watch Queen of Katway because they swept that right under the rug. Yeah, so forget anyway. woke. If you want to be awake, <laughs> let's let's make it grammatically correct. That's what that deserves. Awake. <laughs> it, okay, we have completely digressed, <laughs> but Mira does a great. She has such a beautiful hand with making the. She first of all, her coloring, the way she adds in colors to accentuate things yes but she also deals beautifully with human stories you know just human stories and the question is a suitable boy does it have her marking on it Mm. um because again you know she was not she didn't write it but she directed five out of the six episodes yeah and andrew davies we know very very well how his hand works in storytelling so you know yeah. the, the question really is you know what's going on here are we doing this are we going to settle on this are we going to take out a free trial of acorn tv to watch this because who has acorn tv i did Nobody. a free trial of acorn tv though actually i have done it is this why oh, okay well not for this know. no it was oh, before okay. yeah 
Um, and, and if you if you don't mind, just explain to our listeners. We don't talk about Acorn TV mm-hmm. quite much, so if you would just incorporate that into the review, that'd be great. Absolutely, let's let's start right there. So Acorn TV is where you find the British imports that aren't on PBS or um, or BBC Amazon America. Prime. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So it, it, they have exclusives. Um, on Acorn TV. Like recently, they had a mini series with Kush Jumbo in it and David Tennant called Deadwater Fell. So, you know, you might be missing out on things if you are an Anglo cinephile kind of person or TV file kind of person. Anglo, Anglo. cinephile. I'm that, making up words, you know. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> as I want to do. <laughs> we went from being woke to an Anglo cinephile. Oh, God. It is that kind of year, people. Yeah. So you know that that's it. I would say if oh you gosh. if you like if you like British dramas, right? Even like a uh, Lock Rise to Candleford stuff like that. Oh dear God! Look, I'm going. I went deep for that one, but look, yeah, you did. If you like that kind of stuff, then you can easily do a trial, a free trial. I think they give you a week for Acorn TV. And just check it out. Um, but would it be for a suitable boy? Well, before I get to that, um, talking about Mira, like you were saying, Ref, so beautifully, the coloring that Mira yeah. brings is here. <clears throat> oh, the, okay. It is. I mean, we're in India. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it ain't hard to do. But I mean, this is Mira's thing. And you talked about Andrew, Andrew Davies as the writer. So you would expect this is a marriage made in heaven. Yeah. In heaven. Because like you said, she will mine those relationships. Uh, now, my favorite work of hers is also Monsoon Wedding and other things. It is Queen of Cotway. It's so good. It's, it's so good. It is. Is that still the case after A Suitable Boy? Hmm. Mm. I'll say this. Schools. <laughs> it says right here. <laughs> if you've seen Queen of Cotway, you are awake on that one. If not, you're not. Now, it is 1951. And India has just earned its independence from Britain. Mm. And we have two main characters that we're focused on. Lata, she is a literature student in 1951 in India. Imagine what that's like. Is she taken seriously? But she is willing to go against tradition. Her mother, of course, is like, get married. She's like, um, I have this a budding possible career. If I get out of school, What's that like? So of course she feels a duty to her family, but there's also a duty to herself and there's a possible romance on the horizon for her. Uh Oh, okay. All right. All right. But this is India. So think about the religious things going on there. Might not be so easy. Mm -hmm. Now, another character, Man, he's also willing to, you know, buck up against what is expected of him. And he finds this just mesmerizing woman who is kind of respected, but not. She's a sort of entertainer. I won't tell you exactly what that's like. You'll see if you watch it. And the first time he sees her perform, he is taken. But there's something about her that is not going to lead to the married life for the two of them. I will tell you what that is. I smell it. But you'll see what it is. Okay. So we have these big tensions for the two of them within the tensions of the backdrop of India itself, now reclaiming itself as its own country and also having this religious battle going on. Hindus, Muslims, all of that. So this is very, very, very deep stuff going on in A Suitable Boy. 
again, based on the book, like you said, but the writing is basic. Oh no, Andrew. Rengard. <laughs> Emily in Paris. Yes. Shockingly. Now oh, I no. had access to all six episodes. I made it through two. Oh no. The delivery is clunky. Sorry, Mira. Oh. Sorry, everybody else. And it prevents this series from achieving sufficient depth to be convincing, to be passionate, to be engaging. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's antiseptic and blunt instead of rich and smooth. It just lacks magic. I'm sorry. Now, a grand story, ref, you know, it requires grand <coughs> execution, not pedestrianism. It just doesn't get off the ground. I'm sorry. That's what I have to say. Hey, maybe it, it's a miracle show and it turns into something else in episode three. That'll be up to you to find out because I can't. Oh, uh, well, a suitable boy. <laughs> if you have Acorn TV, I just, we have we ever reviewed anything from Acorn TV? Maybe one or two things. But yeah. <laughs> um, a suitable boy is coming out December 7. And you could check that out. You know, the critic didn't make it through, but... In fact, this is what I challenge you, listeners. Anybody who watches A Suitable Boy and they get past episode two and things shift about, let us know. Let us know. Remember, our motto here is give it to and then you're through or give it to and make it through. So you figure it out yourself. But anyway, oh my gosh, this is happening. (laughs) Finally, we have the union. In more ways than one Mm. that we've all been waiting for. But wait, 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 wait. This sneak peek. It's an entanglement. (laughs) (laughs) In the most interesting kind of way. (sighs) What are we talking about? We're talking about the new movie, Ammonite. Mm. Mm. This is coming to us as a sneak. we, We snuck and saw it. And it's in theaters right now. Possibly, you, you're really gonna have to fish around for it. Yeah, but it is certainly available for video on demand December fourth. And let me tell you, this ain't no family film. So just <laughs> put the kids away. You hide your kids, hide your wife. You know, like all all of the things that happen there. This comes to us from Francis Lee. He directed it and he wrote it. I'm just no. imagining hiding all of my family members, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is a this is this is somebody who is he's British and he's bringing all of his his uh, arsenal with him, meaning two huge arsenals: mm. one British, one not. Kate Winslet. Oh, Ooh. she's here. Sersha Ronan. Oh. Ooh. And you also have people popping up that you'll you'll recognize later on, like, you know, Gemma Jones, Fiona Shaw, who, let me tell you, when she reaches across the table, <laughs> you best be prepared. <laughs> you best be, pre- be prepared for her reaching across the table because, you know, you might get bamboozled. Wow. And a number of other British actors, or, or, we'll, we'll just say across the pond because they may be from all around. Um, this is going to, again, be on video on demand on December 4th, which is why we had to get this to you straight away. Now, this is the epic pairing of two brilliant actresses that, quite frankly, I don't know about you, critic, well, I do know. We've been waiting 
for this pairing for so long. And I watched a SAG um, actor on actor mm. exchange. And at that time, you could see, oh my gosh, somebody must have made this happen. Now, the question is, question is, mm. well, I'll tell you this. I know we ain't going to theater to see this. No. It may, may or may not be there by now. Um, it just needed a theatrical release to qualify. But the question is, is this the movie that we have been waiting mm. for Kate and Sersha Anticipating. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, we have been literally teeth on edge. Is this... You have some really this, descriptive phrases today. Oh my goodness, teeth on edge. Well, is this it? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Well, is and it? I, I think um, be prepared for whatever. I think we have to be really open you to how we feel about this. You do. Um, and you might not be quite sure of that emotion by the end. Now, with that befuddled statement, let's move into <laughs> this plot. It's not a huge plot. I do want to say, Ref, we were talking about this. The first thing I noted, because I did take notes for this one, mm. is one word. Move. <laughs> Wait, reaching across the table and moving are two huge things. <laughs> when this movie starts, they're like a couple of uh, white dudes who walk in. It's the 1840s. They're dealing with this fossil. In their way is a woman cleaning the floor, minding her business. What do they say to her? What does the one man say? Move. And when I said, when I saw that ref, I was like, what am I in for? What am I in for? Now, did the rest of the movie live up to that? Well, what happens is this. We meet the principal characters, one of whom, of course, is played by Kate Winslet, Mary Anning, who's a real person. Um, So and and you come to find out exactly how important she is and why, because in the beginning, you're like, okay, who is she too? And who is this mother of hers? (laughs) <laughs> and why are they polishing figurines? Yes, Gemma Jones, exactly what's going on with those figurines. Very interesting. And Gemma Jones as mom, she's coughing. This woman wants Coughing her... and Kurt. <laughs> she wants her money. If she smells money, you're going to find her right behind Kate Winslet, Mary, standing right behind her looking over and coughing and saying perspicacious, Okay. That's what you're going to see from this woman. But the question, tying into the figurines that the ref mentioned, what has she lost? There are things going on underneath the surface in this movie, of course. Now, we also Appropriately have, so. Appropriately. You have to mine for it. Yeah. Ah, very good. Just like mining for the ammonite. Interesting. Now, speaking of ammonite, just so you know, it is an ancient marine mollusk. So it's a shelled sea creature. So what's hiding in the shell? Okay, that's what you got to think about about that. And a shell means protection. Who needs protection? What needs to be protected? Can the shell be broken? These are the things underneath the surface. Now, there's a married couple. The wife, Charlotte Murchison, played by Sarah The husband, Roderick, played by James McArdle. He brings his wife to meet Mary because he's a huge fan of Mary's. Okay. You'll see why. I'll dance around that for fun. So he's just 
almost in love with Mary because of what she does, her importance. His wife is kind of like, mm. and Mary's looking at his wife like, what is this woman doing here? <laughs> like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, sir, as well? My mom's here. I'm kind of trapped. And, and a lot of this movie, that's where Mary's Mary is. She's trapped. She's confined. Now, with that said, it comes to be that Charlotte is left in the care of Mary. Husband goes away. Husband asks Mary, hey, can you take care of her? You'll see how that comes to fruition. Of course, this happens because it's Kate Winslet and Sarah Sharonin. They got to be together. Okay, that has to happen. But in the midst of this, a little suggestion about where this might go is in the form of a character played by Fiona Shaw. Fiona Shaw plays Elizabeth Philpot. Love that name. I have a good friend with that last name, so. <laughs> Your good friend has a beautiful last name. I love that. I'm going to start calling myself Critic Philpot. <laughs> <laughs> now, Elizabeth is very familiar with Mary. How so? Uh, well, you Ooh. watch and Ooh. see, but Mary is uncomfortable with this familiarity. Okay? So just keep that in mind. So what does that mean when it comes to Mary and uh, Charlotte and where they're going? Okay, now where do they go? Is this a love story? If so, what kind of love story? Who's in on the love story? Because there is a doctor that comes a knocking. <laughs> Played by Alex Sandru. <laughs> mm. Now, Alec comes in and you're like, is he? Because who needs the doctor, first of all? And who is he interested in? I'll tell you. He's just like Charlotte's husband. He's interested in Mary. So you got to imagine it's Kate Winslet who has no makeup on who looks like she has been, I don't know, working with the mules. And you have Sarah who is done up, okay? Make up all of that, great. And these men are looking at Mary. Why? Why? Yeah, mm -hmm. why? So the doctor's there, what does that mean? That's enough. Right, we just have to note that uh, Mary was in a, or not Mary, uh, what's Sarah's uh, Charlotte. character? Charlotte was in a state. We have mm -hmm. to note that she was in a very bad state. Yeah. And so that's important to the the, the progression of this relationship and how it came to be. In a yes. bad state. Very, very bad state. Very, very bad. bad. Mm -hmm. And you'll see why. And then, of course, does Mary help her out of that? Does Charlotte help Mary out of her little funk? Or does she put her further into the funk? All right. So with all of that innuendo and entanglement. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ref, who's who wants to give thoughts first? You know, I feel like I feel like you should go mm -hmm. and I will because I think I may come in a little strong. Okay. So yeah. I, I would like to take a little heat out of that. Absolutely. So think of the title and think of this when you're watching it. it it's like Everything's washed out. You're by the sea. So it's spare. It's brisk. Just like that setting. The work from the actors, there's sensitivity there. Sometimes it's straightforward. It's unadorned, but it's intense. And my favorite parts, Ref, were the little things. It's the little things. A touch. A look. They have the biggest impact. And I wish they would have relied more on those little touches. That's what I wanted. Or the other uh, possibility is it could have been more dynamic. 
you have two choices. To me, it was somewhere in the middle. Now, was it well-crafted? Yeah, did they cast it well? I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, and for Kate Winslet's uh, part, she does a good job of anchoring the film as believably as possible. Sarah where is she? now Fiona Shaw? <laughs> they could have made a movie about that Elizabeth relationship or, and or Mary. that yes. entanglement. Yeah, and don't write more than like three words at a time. Like this is the movie it should have been to be fully realized because it has touches ref of the piano. You know, same kind of C and all that going on. It's a bit of there will be blood in moments when you get kind of excited. It doesn't go there though. So some of those work scenes, that move scene, like when Kate Winslet is out there digging, you're like, okay, this is like Daniel Play Plainview at the opening of There Will Be Blood. Not that either. It's a bit, if you've seen it, of a portrait of a lady on fire, which I have reviewed. So some of that, and maybe a teeny bit thematically of Brokeback Mountain. However, the best of those movies, it doesn't quite reach. There are things to like, there are things to appreciate. Was it fully realized? I can't say that either. I just wish that they would have trusted the silence because when you have these actors, they don't need words. I think that's such a great, um, gracious uh, review of that. And I, I, I do have a, a slightly different um, sting Mm -hmm. <laughs> to my to, and I had we had to talk it through first so it wouldn't come across so um heavy handed but speaking of heavy handed boy that script mm. and I agree with you in the fact that when you are when you have I mean come on <laughs> this is like Kate Winslet and Shersha I keep saying this girl's name all kinds of ways but the way you say it but just good gracious you get those two dynamic actors on film and you think my gosh the, the, it's gonna melt it's gonna explode and it didn't it didn't even it, i'd rather have an implosion mm. and it didn't do that this is kate winslet's film period hands down yeah who do you have to bounce off the now mary is a an introvert to the nines i mean you can't get she's an introvert's introvert and so when you have this other woman who's just sort of needing nursing and needing you know things the looks that kate winslet's doing that okay you're 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 getting mining you're getting the story when she's running into fiona shaw's character and you know she's asking for a certain something and mm -hmm. fiona shaw was like i can give you something and it's like, well, hold on, what happened there? And then you get these two together and it's just like, poor, Miss Ronan had nothing. Yeah. Like she just didn't have anything to grab onto except, and I'm gonna say it, the graphic lovemaking scenes. Mm -hmm. And to me, when you have these two actors and if you are not used to seeing lovemaking scenes or same-sex lovemaking scenes, or just these two actors doing, now we always see Kate Winslet naked. I mean, geez, good gracious. Yeah. I mean, when, when is she not naked? But then, you know, you're, you're just seriously, come yeah. on. Yeah. She's always naked. We always, we've seen every angle. But when it comes to like, Sersha, it's just, it's, it's just sort of like, okay, does the script support this? Mm. Any anybody, I don't care who it is, does it support this kind of passion? And it didn't. And I'm gonna say it. It just felt like this was a pathway 
for two great artists mm. to really try to ride the vehicle of their artistry. Mm. And that's not enough. It's not enough for me to pay the video on demand fee mm. to sit there and watch you ride this vehicle. I need support. I need support from the script. I need directional support. And unfortunately, it's hollow for me. And unfortunately, it did not stick and land like those scenes with Fiona. So my opinion is, if you like the shows that the critic just laid out before, this is for you. If you like, if you like that, if you want to see two powerhouses on screen together, like these two, sure. Mm-hmm. Now, will you get the power of the powerhouses? Mm. Unfortunately, I cannot confirm that. But they I will can confirm ride it. the vehicle of their artistry. I will remember that one. Ride the vehicle of this is this is like the greatest hits of the ref in one episode. I have never heard such alliterative and dramatic and descriptive words in such succinct fashion <laughs> in my life. Ride the vehicle of their artistry. I'm gonna ride the vehicle of my artistry. And end this right now. Everybody, Ammonite will be available video on demand December 4th. Ride the vehicle of whatever artistry you got if you want to watch this and get on it. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.